What's going on everybody? Welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. With me as always is Caleb. And Caleb, have you been watching anything interesting? Oh yeah, so I actually have watched some stuff. Uh, plugging away uh, slowly but surely at The Simpsons um, for my first time through that. But my wife and I this past weekend, uh, just because my wife wants to get around to seeing the new one, we decided to watch the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, had not seen them before. And so we watched those. They were pretty good. I, I will say that. So I want I want to put this out there real quick. Brandon and I have both shared our displeasure with uh, <laughs> superhero movies. And so I am by all means not moving away from that. But I will say this. I think out of all the superhero movies, my two favorites, I, I probably I would probably say three favorites. Um, Batman movies, uh, almost all the time. I have a good time with Batman movies. And then Wolverine movies, especially the last one they did. Wolverine was awesome. Uh, but then Spider-Man is probably next one after that. And the main reason, it, most of the time I have more issue with MCU um, superhero movies just because I feel like they're all almost the same. Mm-hmm. They make all the superheroes like really strong, really cocky, and then like have these weird, arrogant attitudes that are with comedy thrown in. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing that I like about Spider-Man is the fact that he's not like that because he's a kid. Yeah. And so it's more, it's not as uh like beating a dead horse, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I just like it because it's not the same old same old right okay that's that's basically all i have to say about that <laughs> um do, 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 yeah i think that was so watch those two movies and simpsons and i think that was it i don't think i missed anything else so what about you anything good oh man um i watched home alone one and two okay um i've watched christmas evil <laughs> <laughs> and I know you have too. Um, yeah. And what else have I watched? Just some odds and ends of kids' Christmas shows because my kids always want to watch them. Oh, of course. Um, oh, and also, my wife and I have been watching Flea Market Flip a lot. You ever watched that? No, I've never even heard of that. What? Really? You should check it out. It's on Plex. Okay. Um. I feel like you and your wife probably like that one. So it's like they get these two teams together and they go through a flea market and they get a certain amount of money to spend and they grab things and then they have to like repurpose them and then sell them at a flea market. And then whoever sells and gets the most money wins. Huh? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. That does sound interesting. Sometimes they make some pretty cool stuff. Other times it's just, stupid <laughs> but yeah it's pretty cool i created art appreciate my art <laughs> i'm sure you're thinking of college right now yeah, pretty much oh man but um the other thing i did watch is live free or die hard do you want to talk about it uh, that's what we're here about more john mcclain bruce willis 
All right, let's get into the first bald John McClane movie. I'm doing America a favor. Is the country willing to pay for it? FAA just issued a critical alert. The entire network went down. Transportation system's crashing and they just hit the entire financial sector. You have no idea who you're dealing with. I'll take it from here. With a car. I was out of bullets. Russo, check in. Hold on a minute. Looks like he's coming around. You see that? Yes, I thought I did it. I need you to behave. Daddy. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go kill this guy and get my daughter. I'll go get my daughter and kill this guy. Or kill all of them. Did you want to say something? Yep, guy. Why'd you bring a cop into my command center? <laughs> command center. It's a basement. Who is this man? So, Live Free or Die Hard. It's from 2007. It was directed by Lynn Wiseman. Uh, the plot is John McClane and a young hacker join forces to take down master cyber terrorist Thomas Gabriel in Washington, D.C. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, uh, the cast for this. We got Bruce Willis coming back as John McClane. Justin Long as Matt Farrell. Timothy Oliphant as Thomas Gabriel. Maggie Q as May or Mai. I don't know. Uh, Cliff yeah. Curtis as Bowman and Kevin Smith as the Warlock. <laughs> or Freddy. <laughs> or Freddy, yeah. Uh, so this is only the second time I've seen this. Uh, I used to have it on Blu-ray and I bought it from eight from a um, Blockbuster when I went out of business. Mm-hmm. And it was in a weird case. It was in like a clear Blu-ray case. Huh. Which I have to believe that was probably just a blank case that they bought. Oh, because the other yeah. one probably got destroyed or something. I don't know, but I remember thinking it was pretty decent, but still didn't feel like a diehard movie. Um, I guess I can get into that when I get into the trivia and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because I can concur that it kind of doesn't feel like a diehard movie but i mean honestly um 
it's i i feel like it's kind of uh uh how do i want to say it uh where we were with the times of action movies like because action movies in the 80s and 90s had very specific feels to them and so this jumps because uh, the first movies were between 88 and 95 and then this one jumps all the way to 2007 and yeah. action movies had changed quite a bit since 95 to 2007 so yeah for sure yeah uh so basically you know the fbi gets a hold of john mcclain and ask him to bring in this computer hacker named matthew farrell uh mcclain arrives like just in time to like save him from being assassinated basically or like taken out by these assassins and like this huge explosion and stuff um this group headed up by um may may lynn or my lynn i don't remember how they say it yeah now i'm second guessing it too <laughs> by the asian woman yeah uh, it's spelled m-a-i so i don't know how to pronounce that but i'm just gonna go with may <laughs> sounds good <laughs> So another like other way to Washington D.C. and you know Farrell's telling him about how he wrote like this algorithm, um, to like crack a security system. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's like this guy that's like trying to take over transportation grids and like the stock market and everything, and he's like nationally broadcasting like this threatening message, which is done with clips of all these different presidents giving speeches Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool actually i thought yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty effective yeah so basically it's saying like you know they're gonna take down the nation's infrastructure and all this and completely shut the country down and now it's up to john mcclain and his hacker to (laughs) to save the united states Uh, there's this movie has like some crazy, unbelievable action scenes in it. Oh yeah, that yep. This is this is where it goes full on Die Hard. I was actually gonna. I made a note of this. How I I mentioned it either in the last one movie I believe or the one before that, where usually Die Hard movies have a lot of crazy action, but there's only like one or two things that happen where it's just like, okay, that's totally unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This is like the complete opposite where everything was unbelievable except for a few <laughs> small sequences. Yeah. There's a lot of like the grand spectacle, Michael Bay style action scenes in it, <laughs> where the first one that pops in my head is when John drives a cop car into a helicopter. Yes, that is that is the one that sticks out the most for me too. <laughs> yeah, I love the part where where Matt asks him, he's like, Why did you drive that the car into the helicopter? He's like, because I ran out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> That's such like an Arnold line. Yeah, pretty much. Run out of bullets. I, I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> that off some steam bennet. Yeah. Um I don't know. I guess so this movie has is one of those where the plot has like an amazing amount of detail to it, mm-hmm. and at times can be a little hard to follow if you're not paying like a hundred percent attention to it. 
Yes, I agree with that. But what it doesn't suffer from, which we did suffer in most of the previous ones, is that they kept throwing plot twists in some of the old ones. Yeah. This this one, they just kind of didn't give you all the information. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, like, you know, build up to the climax. You know, they want to be able to, like, drop as much at one time to for shock and awe. Where the previous ones were just like, oh, we're going to make you think this. And then, oh, psych. Oh, this happens. And then guess what? Double psych. (laughs) And then you're like losing your mind. This one did just get a little complex, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they have all this crazy stuff happening. And then they, they have to take like a helicopter to, um, Like the super hacker's house, the guy calls himself the warlock, <laughs> and it's uh, Kevin Smith, aka Silent Bob, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to get like to identify like piece of the code that Pharaoh wrote, um, and it was like to access the data at a Social Security Administration, um. So they got that, and they got like kind of him on their side, and uh, it's also at that time that the plot thickens because um, Thomas Gabriel, the the villain, um, knows of John McClane, but then also has then taken it upon himself to take John McClane's daughter. Yeah, Lucy, who's played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like a brief interaction with them at the beginning of the movie where she's like in a car with a boyfriend or a guy she's dating and he's like trying to make a move on her and she she tells him no and then John like drags the guy out of the car (laughs) and she's irritated because like you're spying on me again and like (laughs) you know they have a rough relationship kind of deal Yeah, she goes by her mom's maiden name of Gennaro yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, they were repurposing his what, like, not the exact role, but the equivalent of his wife in the first two movies, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, you know, we're we're family, but and we love each other, but our relationship is total crap. Yeah. Um. One thing that at the beginning where they kind of introduced her that I thought was funny though was after she leaves um john mcclain interrupting her and her boyfriend not boyfriend mm-hmm. is that the the boyfriend guy was just like scoffs and he's like women right <laughs> and then the look that bruce willis gives him was just hilarious <laughs> like dude you know i could kill you right now <laughs> just waiting for him to make a move mm-hmm. Oh gosh. So now that she's like kidnapped, it adds like another wrench into the gears. Um and then you know Gabriel also gets a hold of Farrell. And we get no, one of the crazier action scenes in it where John's in a semi truck and they're like blowing up the road around him and like all these overpasses and stuff. No, they're not blowing up the road. A what F fifteen or something? Yeah, is blowing up the road. <laughs> yeah, so then we get like 
a showdown with like this huge um semi and then like a fighter jet <laughs> which is just completely ridiculous oh yeah and of course you know john takes it out and he lands on the fighter jet <laughs> that's going down oh my gosh like who writes this stuff <laughs> oh man i don't know it it was uh, part I, of it reminded me of the end of true lies yes arnold's it, like you're fired <laughs> <laughs> that that came to mind for me as well it was i mean they just pushed the envelope so much with this one then we get the the showdown where gabriel's like trying to get feral to launch the rest of the cyber attack while he's got like he was was trying to have because uh what feral did was he locked his system uh gabriel's system and so gabriel was threatening uh john mcclain's daughter lucy yeah um for feral to unlock what he he had done yep and that's when john shows up and they have like a showdown and you know john gets shot and um You know, he's got Lucy's like grabbed by like this henchman and John gets grabbed by Gabriel and John like shoots through his own shoulder and kills Gabriel, which was kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, Then a henchman gets killed and then, you know, they get, you know, Feral shuts it all down and everything and they get saved and they have like some funny interactions at the end where. Uh, John and Lucy are sitting there talking and she's like is is Farrell okay and he's like really and he looks over at him he's like yeah if he doesn't die from shock like just joking because he's you know kind of a wuss <laughs> yeah. so John's just like ah, are you kidding me okay and he goes over and talks to him and then you know Farrell's just like asking if Lucy's okay and it's obvious that, you know, he's got like a thing for her and she likes him kind of thing. And uh, probably one of my favorite lines in a movie where John's just like, you'll be all right. He's like, things will heal up fine. He's like, chicks dig scars. And then Farrell looks over at Lucy and, he and John goes, not that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that it's like, boom, movie comes to an end. Um, yeah, we talk about crazy action scenes. Dude, there is tons of CGI in this movie. Oh, man, so much. Uh, Some of it was aged pretty bad, too. Uh, what What do you think was the worst CGI? Um, When they're driving together and they have like a green screen in the background. Oh, yeah. It looks horrible. Yeah. So fake. And then there's, you know, parts where the, um, the highway's collapsing. And cars are falling off. That looks pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one you had to look a little closer at to make like to tell that looks super bad. Not as bad as the the driving scene. That was by far the worst. Yeah, that was that for the budget of this movie is shocking at how <laughs> obvious that was. Yeah, um, some of the rid- ridiculous scenes in this we mentioned driving the car into the helicopter. Um, 
There's also a scene where John and Farrell are like trying to figure out the system and get into it and everything. And that's when May shows up and she starts fighting with him. Mm -hmm. And then she kicks John like out the window and he comes back with an SUV and he's probably driving like 60 miles an hour through this building and he hits her like full force and she survives. Yeah. Enough to fight back. That's what I was like, come on. And then of course it has to go down an elevator shaft because it wouldn't be a diehard movie without elevators. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. No, it, it's so much ridiculousness with this one. One interesting thing that I want to make sure to mention now before I forget it is that one thing that um, has been mostly consistent with the Die Hard series is that they make it, they set it up so that John McClane is not meant to be involved in this. Like he gets roped in. Mm-hmm. The only time that he was meant to be involved in anything was the last one. Um, die hard with vengeance yeah. when the villain specifically requested that he work the case yeah otherwise he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah which they uh, definitely drive home with this one yeah for sure that yeah because even gabriel says to him you know it's gonna be on your headstone always in the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. um there's another part that like stood out to me is when him and this one guy are like fighting inside like that that cold room (laughs) and like he the hamster guy yeah the hamster guy (laughs) and then like the dude falls into the blades of the machine Mm. that was pretty cool um and it's just like okay this metal's like all frozen and he's putting his bald head up against it when it rips some of the skin off his head (laughs) I would think it's all so. Frosted, I, w- I would think, but that's just me being nitpicky, I guess. Yeah. By the way, the um, the guy who you were just talking about, the the hamster guy. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, but the District 13 movies. Mm-mm. They, they were big movies in the um, kind of mid 2000s for parkour. Okay. And so that's that's where he came from. Like it was the height of that, and so they threw it. Of course, they threw it in Die Hard. So, right. Uh, yeah, the part with the semi too, where he's like, the trailer is like tipping over, and then somehow it just goes back. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think that would work. Well, I don't think the trailer is like full. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would work either with that semi going up that incline. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> we're part of the road drop sound. He drives up it like a ramp. Yeah, <laughs> like it's Deuce Hazard or something. And then somehow the the fighter jet thinks it's a good idea to go underneath of the semi. Then, yeah, like okay, <laughs> you're in a plane, bro. Yeah. So, I had to steal this from Michael Scott. <laughs> from the office <laughs> and it's when he was uh working two jobs when he was dating jan and he was working a telemarketing job and they're in a circle talking about the new Die Hard movie and he's like okay here's the thing about Die Hard 4 Die Hard 1 the original john mcclain is just a normal guy you know he's just a normal new york city cop who gets his feet cut 
he gets beat up. But he's an everyday guy. And I heard four, he's jumping a motorcycle into a helicopter in the air, you know? He's invincible. <laughs> it's just sort of lost from Die Hard 1. He's not the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's no motorcycle jumping into a helicopter, but there is <laughs> a car. Yeah. And that was what I liked about the original Die Hard so much, is that he's just like the everyday dude. Where in this one, he's just... You know, they almost do treat him like he's the Terminator at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Well, that's the thing too. Kind of a, a good example between these two movies is, or between those two specific movies, is in the first one the two ridiculous things where you're just like, okay, this isn't real. He jumps off the building with the hose tied around him. Yeah, and then he jumps through the ventilation shaft when it, he slipped and rightfully would have like fallen to his death. Yeah. Uh those are two I mean they they're big parts of it but they're two small parts of a big movie. This is like every other second John <laughs> McClane should be dead. Yeah, and he does something miraculous that would never work in real life. Yeah. Like oh like of that time when they were in the tunnel and the cars were all crashing and that all of a sudden two cars come around them and block the other car from squishing them. Yeah, which and, is the scene that's probably shown the most in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Like, I've only seen this movie twice, but I think I've seen that scene about 15 times. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, it, it kind of feels like, especially the first two, um, but you could, might even say the first three, like the early Die Hard movies are um, kind of like when you have a really good... Uh, Man, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but like you have a really good originality going on. Mm. And then Die Hard 4 is when Hollywood jumps in and they're like, oh, we know how to make this better. <laughs> and then they just like throw a ton of money at it and make all the CGI and all these action explosions and things like that. Yeah. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, not not to say that I'm completely complaining about it. Like, if if this movie was a movie by itself, like it was just Bruce Willis making a movie and it wasn't a part of the Die Hard series, mm -hmm. I'd be like, dude, this is awesome. You know, probably give it a complete five out of five. But yeah, when we get to grades, you know, it it it, it does have an impact. It, it's the the Die Hard series. I mean, come on, people. Right. Oh, that's well. Acting, I mean, Bruce Willis always good. Justin Long usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim's the Oliphant. I was I forgot that he was the villain in this. Not, I think he's probably the the worst villain of the bunch. But that's not such a bad thing because I mean, you had Hans Gruber, mm -hmm. and then. Um, the Colonel, yeah, Stewart, yeah, and then Hans Gruber's brother in the third one. Those were all really solid villains. Yeah, and I mean, and Gabriel is is decent, and I just I don't know. I had a hard time, especially things that Timothy Oliphant's done after this. Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time seeing him as a villain. Yeah, I agree. I I think he did. I, I'm 
right there with you. I think he did a good job with it. And it does seem kind of weird to see him do something like this. And he by far, uh, I don't, I can't say anything for the next one because I haven't seen it yet. Um, he by far is the weakest villain, but he still did do a pretty good job because I mean, like he was still menacing and Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of fit him where he was more of a, uh, villain at a distance kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you saw him in person, I wouldn't be like, Oh man, I'm so intimidated. But every, but his skill set or specialty was the whole cyber um, terrorism. And so I, I, that I think paired well, like if he was supposed to be like some big bad dude um, imposing like uh, probably like the Colonel maybe cause he was physically imposing too. I mean, yeah. even though uh, in, in the second one, I don't know that I would have done well with uh, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And Timothy Oliphant, he's like, he's pretty funny too, as a, a comedic actor, at least now. I mean, he was in Santa Clarita diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which was a show we both enjoyed. Um, I heard him on Conan O'Brien's podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And yeah. he, Conan like interviews these celebrities that he's friends with and talks about how they can be his friend, basically. They talk about their careers and like how they know each other and everything. Uh, really interesting podcast if you guys never listened to it. but um, Dude, don't tell people to listen to other podcasts. What's wrong with that? It's like freaking Conan O'Brien's podcast. I mean, it gets <laughs> millions of listens anyway. But there's one part I don't really remember about it where Conan's talking about how handsome of a guy he is, <laughs> how handsome of a guy Timothy Oliphant is, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, we've been friends for a while, Tim. He's like, you know, we've we've shared car rides. He's like, we've shared meals together. He's like, we almost shared our wives. He's like, my wife super into the idea. Yours not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Which that has really nothing to do with this movie, but that's what I always think of <laughs> Timothy <laughs> Olfi. Nice. Uh, but um Well, okay, guess, actually uh, it's, oh go ahead, finish uh, what you're I was saying. gonna say, you know, the other actors too, um Maggie Q is May. She was pretty menacing for being, you know, a small Asian woman, but you know, martial artist. It just, you know, kind of like the same as the woman from the last movie just really stern face mm-hmm. and intimidating yeah oh how did we not mention that we got our yippee moment but what i noticed this time this movie is rated pg-13 which means you're allowed to have one f-bomb in it mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's just in the version that i watched or maybe i kind of only caught it in passing but when he says yippee yippee ki motherfucker it goes yippee ki mother <laughs> oh really yeah there's like an explosion or like a mumble that happens at the time that he says it mm. so it's like almost i don't know like you can't really make it out interesting yeah so what were you gonna say i'm sorry i like cut you off <laughs> Oh, no, no. I, I didn't want to interrupt where you were going. But uh, one thing to say about how uh, Timothy Oliphant doesn't really f- 
fit this entirely. Did you ever see the Hitman movie he was in? No. Yeah, that I think is a very good example of I'm sorry, dude, but you don't you just don't cut it. Um, I don't think it helps that he didn't really fit the Hitman Agent 47 character. Yeah. But even it, it, it's supposed to be more stoic kind of role. And uh, he, he definitely fell short in that one. He was more successful in his, uh, in his role in this movie. Yeah. But uh, I think that one kind of just completely, uh, I don't know if I would say exposed, but kind of shed more light on being like, yeah, this, you being kind of the serious um, badass type character, not, not so much. Right. Like some, sometimes in certain circumstances, but no. How about no? But yeah, I mean, acting wise, there's nobody that's really that rough in this movie. Yeah. I, mean, I thought everybody did a pretty decent job. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a, well, I don't know if I would say a star studded cast, but they had a, I mean, everyone is recognizable from other things. So, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you want me to get into trivia? Rock. So it took over four months to assemble and combine the archive footage of the American presidents from FDR to George W. to create that televised warning from Gabriel. Uh, the goal was to create a video representation of a ransom note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they accomplished that. Yeah. But holy crap, four months. Jeez. Give me back my son. I think of every time I hear ransom. <laughs> I will tell you this, like I tinker around with um, a sports video edits a little bit from time to time, dude, that, I mean, that's a lot easier than something like that would be because there's yeah. so much footage out there of highlights of games, but dude, that would, I cannot imagine a project to that scale. That would suck. Yeah, for sure. They probably made some intern do it. <laughs> probably some peon so the elevator shaft sequence was not originally in the film script when les the yeah, when wiseman was hired as a director uh he added it because he associated elevator shafts and claustrophobic spaces with die hard yeah i mean yeah good on him uh so bruce wills a stunt double who was named Larry Rippenkroger okay. <laughs> was seriously injured when he fell 25 feet to the pavement. Uh, he suffered broken bones in his face and fractures in both wrists. Uh, production was temporarily, temporarily shut down. Uh, so Willis ended up picking up the tab at area hotels for Larry's parents and visited him numerous times um, while he was in the hospital. Uh, Larry also doubles for James Kahn in a television series, Las Vegas. Um, Kahn also came and visited Larry in the hospital and joked around for like over an hour. Uh, Larry told his parents that he was glad that when Kahn left because he hurt so much from laughing at his jokes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though he's on the naughty list on Elf. <laughs> 
which is another movie I watched lately. So I had that to my whatever I'm watching. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the stunt featuring John McClane driving a police car into a helicopter took three weeks to rehearse. Uh, the shot was accomplished by suspending a helicopter in the air with cables and combining two separate shots. One of the stuntman leaping from the helicopter and one of the car colliding into it. CGI was then used to delete the support cables and add rotor blades. Yeah, that 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 scene for CGI wasn't bad. Yep. So we mentioned that this didn't feel like a Die Hard movie, and once again, this movie was not written as a Die Hard movie. Hey. <laughs> Uh, so each day of shooting of this movie costs, on average, $375,000. Gosh. Yeah. It is also the highest grossing Die Hard movie. Okay. Uh, Justin Timberlake was originally in talks to play John's son, but they decided to change the son into a daughter. Good choice. They decided to have John's daughter as a captive and then changed the son character into just a random person, which was feral. Okay. Yeah. So this is the only Len Wiseman film to not star Kate Beckinsale or Bill Nye. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Say that again. This is the only Len Wiseman movie to not star Kate Beckinsale or Bill Nye. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I believe he was in a relationship with Kate Beckinsale at the time. So she was in a lot of his movies. Okay. So Britney Spears and Taylor Fry auditioned for the role of Lucy McLean. And thank God they did not give it to Britney Spears because that would be horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that would have really hurt this. So Willis's real-life daughter, Rumor, was considered to play Lucy. Hmm. And has a casting. She done, has she done any other acting? I believe so. Like smaller things. Okay. Um, I mean, if you didn't know, her mom is Demi Moore. Mm. Um, so I had to add this one in here because you're a fan of his. Tony Jaa was nearly had a role in this movie. Okay. Yeah. So the last thing I got is the budget for this movie was $134.5 million. The box office was $388 million. Okay. So yeah, fairly profitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is one too, I remember when it came out and people were making a big deal about it because it was such a long time after, you know, Die Hard of the Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Which I I always thought that Die Hard with a Vengeance was a bomb. And that's why it took so long. But then when we watched it, I'm like, this movie is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and it made a lot of money, so... I don't know why they waited so long. And it was sad that they didn't bring that back Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Or make some reference or something somehow. And I think the only time he's ever been... A reference has been made was a Die Hard battery commercial. Which had... John McClane in it. Did you ever see that commercial? Yeah. In Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't in it. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? No, I think they had they had a 
an actor in there that looked a lot like him to make a play on it. Oh, I hate you. I don't I don't think it was actual Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe, uh, I, I, think, I could be wrong, but I have to go back and watch it. I thought it was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I hate you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into grades. Um IMDB, what do you think that is? Seventy five percent. Wait, no, uh, no. Uh, sorry, a uh, seven point five. Seven point one. Okay. Pretty close. And then Rotten Tomatoes, critic and audience. Critic sixty nine percent. Eighty two. Okay. Uh audience eighty five? Eighty six. Okay. Pretty close. What is your grade? Um, so as I mentioned, um uh it as we've already talked about, it doesn't completely feel like a diehard movie. Um, they kind of took it a little bit away from that, so I can't really give it uh, a perfect score. Because um, I, I, I'm looking for at it for the movie itself, but also, I mean, it's a part of the Die Hard series, so you have to take it to be a part of the Die Hard series. Um, I do believe that it's a step up from the last one because it's not as chaotic uh, yeah. from from a plot standpoint. Um, there is absolutely like over the top action, and everything, but I mean that's what they were going for. Uh, does it support the Die Hard movie series? Uh, no, it was a little overboard, but. I do think that, um, you know, even though that the we discussed the villain wasn't as good as the others, it was successful, and uh, I was overall pleased with it. It's a, it's, I feel like this one is more entertaining than several of the others that we've watched. Like I could more easily sit down and watch this one than um, most of the other three just because I know I'm not going to get confused halfway through and it's not going to drag on forever and ever with slow parts. So I, um, I did enjoy it and I am good with giving a 4.5 out of five, um, just to kind of state where I'm at and everything. Uh, the first two movies I gave five out of five and then I dropped down to four for die hard with vengeance. So this one, I think, is a very uh, easy kind of push up to 4.5 right there in between those two. So. Rock. Um, I said before I watched this, I texted you. I'm like, I think this is the first movie in a series that I'm not like feeling the urge to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably because I saw it before. And like, I know that I enjoy the first one and the second one. And the third one I never saw before. So, like, when it came to the fourth one, I'm like, yeah, I saw it once. It was okay, I thought. And I wasn't, like, pumped to watch it. But, I mean, it was entertaining. And, you know, it's nice to see Bruce Willis back as John McClane again. Um, Justin Long, I usually enjoy everything he's in. Um, Even dumb things that he does, like New Girl. Um, He's always pretty good and everything he's in uh i don't know i i like die hard with a vengeance just a little bit more than this because 
I don't know. I like some more of the comedy in that, but there was some dumb things in it. But I also, I'm a Samuel L. Jackson fan. So it gets a slight edge over this one. And, you know, I gave Die Hard of the Vengeance a 3.5. And I don't know. I'm going to give this one a 3.5 as well. Uh, I don't know. It just had some of that ridiculous over the top action in it that was like plagued the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned Michael Bay Transformers kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of that here as well. Not really my favorite era for action movies, which is funny because I like 80s action, and usually people say that's over the top and ridiculous. But I don't know, like the grand scale crazy CGI explosions and things that would never happen in real life or I feel like more prevalent in mid 2000s. What? So you're saying the crazy ridiculous things that wouldn't happen uh in Arnold movies? <laughs> yeah, but they're like I don't know, like yeah, one man taking out an entire army is ridiculous and would never happen, but never running out of bullets in commando. <laughs> yeah, but like Jumping on top of a jet plane and then riding it down to the ground and surviving. (laughs) (laughs) True. Like, that's also ridiculous to me, and I feel like almost a little more far-fetched. I don't know. But I guess it just comes down to the person, like, which which do you prefer kind of thing. Yeah, I I get that. Yeah. But yeah, so I would say it's a solid 3.5. I don't I don't know how many times I'm going to watch this one, and I can't remember if I saw the next one or not. I I know for sure I have not. So if I remember right, doesn't it have like John McLean's son in it or something? Mhm. That's what I thought. I think what it was was when I used to work for a print shop in Bay City, the guys that like printed shirts would watch movies all the time, so I think I caught pieces of it. Hmm. And I think that's maybe it. And I remember seeing like scenes from it, but I don't think I've seen the entire movie. Okay. So we'll see how that one goes. But anything else to say? Nope. Well, all right. So Yippee next Kaye. time. <laughs> yes. Yippee Kaye, mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next time we will be talking about a good day to die hard. Oh, wait, and Merry Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Because this will be coming out right before Christmas. Yeah, have a very yippee Kaye Christmas. And don't forget to put out uh, cigarettes and Twinkies in your air ducts <laughs> for John McClane. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then everybody jacks up their furnace doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, Die Hard 5. I'm just going to call it because these stupid titles they give them. Um, yeah, why did they like, it's like they just switched from, you know, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, and then it's like Die Hard of the Vengeance, and then Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, which actually like none of it really has any impact, like Live Free or Die Hard, what does Live Free have? Like that has <laughs> nothing to do with it. Well, I think it's like a state motto that's live free or die. Oh, okay. I can't remember what state that is now. 
Yeah, I, think I, I, I saw it when I was doing research for this, and I should have wrote it down. I'm gonna Google it really quick because yeah. you guys can't do that listening to this. It is a state motto of New Hampshire. Yeah, because that totally makes sense. Because <laughs> that's the first thing I think of when I hear "Die Hard" is New Hampshire. Yep. <laughs> They, it makes me th- makes me think about one of my favorite Wayne's World moments. We can be shipped away to such exotic places as Delaware. <laughs> hey, look, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> oh man, I think it'd be hilarious if Die Hard made a pun and did a Die Hard movie in New Hampshire, just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens, <laughs> dude. That would be such a great SNL skit. <laughs> John McClane just has a nice vacation to Delaware or New Hampshire, I mean. And nothing <laughs> happens. He's in the right place at the right time. <laughs> but yeah, come by next time. We talk about Die Hard 5. And as always, be kind and rewind. <laughs>